This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. All right. Well, with that, let's uh, let's kick it off uh, with our lightning round presented by Data.World. So I'll go first. CDOs shift more resources and power to them and their org. Uh, no, no. The the resources should be away from the CDOs org. The org should be decentralized. Data should be in the functions. The CDO should be an orchestration role. Okay. Strong opinion there. Um, second lightning round question. The management Bible, Peter Drucker, does rewritten. Yes, 100%. Um, we need to find a brave CEO that's going to experiment with how to run an organization and, and then retest how to run organizations. All right. Uh, third question. Are all companies becoming data and technology companies? No, they don't all need to. I had an interesting conversation with someone the other day around, we need to stay confidential, but around a kitchen organization, a kitchen fizzing organization that couldn't care less about its data. It's massively profitable. It has great carpenters. It's expanding vastly. It doesn't need to worry about data. There's plenty of industries that don't need to worry about their data. Just, right. just to explain all that one a, a bit, you said plenty of industries that don't need to. Like, I'm curious, can you expand on that? What other industries you would say, you're like, yeah, no. I mean, does does a hot dog van need to worry about its data? Like, there's there's lots of places. Anywhere, I mean, hot dog vans are weird one choice. Maybe it does. Anywhere <laughs> where you've got high margin and it's craft, and you're you're expanding and you have demand from what you're doing, you don't need to refine your process. So the so the craft area does not need to worry about data at all. That is interesting. Very insightful. You're a you're a very I wise. I like to unpack the economics of different industries at some point and just think about how disruption affects them differently. But that's that's the data nerd in me. All right. Uh, fourth lightning round question for you. Um, so fast forward five years from now, we like to do some of these future future casting uh, questions sometimes. So five years from now, are businesses more successful at being data driven and channeling this disruption or are they more in chaos and disrupted? Both the ones, the ones with the higher growth and higher margins are more successful. Um, the ones with the higher mental health problems of their workforce are less successful. <laughs> this is what you, I, you speak to so many people who are burning out right now because their organizations are trying to do everything. And I've spoken to CDOs who go, oh my God, my CEOs just heard about chat GPT and AI and now wants to do these 15 things. You need focus. Organizations that have focus will succeed. Those who stay scattered will end up stressed and and chaotic. I think that's a statement that will transcend the test of time. So that one will focus. Yeah, focus. I, it's just a tautology, I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> well, it would I'm, be included I'm, in I'm a sure, newly written management book. I'm sure Peter Drucker talks about that. So that part, part that part wouldn't get rewritten. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. There'll be plenty of Drucker that stands the test of time. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we have so much notes here. Uh, Takeaway time. Tim, take us away. All right. Such a great conversation today. We really started things off with this honest question about, you know, business versus the data, right? Uh, which one's the problem? Uh, and uh, you really started us off, Benny, by saying that the business hasn't changed 
nearly as much as the rate of technology, right? The art of running the business continues to be largely the same for, you know, 70 plus years, right? Um, you don't put process around the knowledge worker and all these things that were developed as part of the original management methodologies by Peter Drucker and others. They haven't evolved to the new times. They don't all apply to the new times. And uh, many of these ideas don't fit into a world that we live in today where technology, data, and society is evolving at such a rapid pace. Um, it was designed for the past. Ford kind of described that the average manufacturing worker spent all their time looking for parts. Uh, you talked about, uh, you know, the worrying about the finding the parts, the quality, amusingly kind of similar to the world of data today. Um, and uh, businesses were designed for an era where technology uh, and data would be designed around instead of in conjunction with. And so you mentioned, you know, paper, everything revolved around the paper processes. And then ERP came around and the business just did everything around the ERP. Uh, and so you designed your company around the technology. But things are changing. Business lines uh, used to be more siloed and run independently. Now there's new metrics, new processes and, uh, and a lot of disruption. Uh, how many of the most successful companies are, are really leveraging bleeding edge, uh, bleeding edge technology or algorithms? Uh, less than we might think. And actually, they're leveraging um, uh, it to disrupt as opposed to um, uh, to really. It's not the technology that's the factor that's driving their success. It's the disruption in the business model and how they're applying those disruptive approaches. Right. Um, you mentioned that uh, purpose needs to be at the center. Uh, that a significant percentage of people at the senior level probably don't actually understand the purpose of their function. Um, and all they're doing is they know what the process is, or at least what they've been told the process should be and how it should operate. And they're just following out that process, right? They're just running the playbook they know instead of thinking about truly what is their purpose and trying to uh, disrupt themselves and disrupt the market. You mentioned, you know, Garmin, right? They're not just a GPS company. They're like an IoT data company. Uh, like look at Lego, right? They're not a plastic piece, plastic toy manufacturer. They're an entertainment company, right? And so it's really thinking about how you can change the game around these things. And really this centers around not the technology and the data, but around the business itself. Uh, and then you mentioned about there's all these strategy problems, right? The average life of a company is, is reducing. Um, and uh, people often um, uh, the, the worst decisions that a company or that people could make is is actually indecision. Analysis paralysis is probably the greatest cost of the business. Um, and agile and data culture are really two things that can help a lot. And they're two sides of the same coin. Uh, and you mentioned autonomy, clarity of purpose. Uh, transparent access to information, stream aligned teams, which being in a, a, from a product background, I'm very passionate about. So I'm excited to hear you mention that. Uh, uh, learning organizations, shifting from no because to yes if. Uh, and so I think there's a lot of opportunity here for us to change the game around um, strategy, company strategy, like you talked about. So much more. But Juan, I'm going to pass the baton over to you. Yeah, so we, we talked about your experience at, at JLR, and and I, I like this. Excel is as old as the Sony Walkman, but who's using the Sony Walkman anymore, right? I think those those are the types of things we need to be looking at. And again, I'm, I, I love this whole million pounds per person. And, and I mean, anybody who's listening, go go find a post about this, or just or just ping me, and I'll, I'll I'll link it to you. Uh, how do you do this? Well, 
you got to understand how this cash is being saved, how to reduce this. Uh, how do you save cash, right? I'm going to reduce the stock. You could, you can do the before and after. You can see how much of that, right? If I'm going to go improve profit, I, I could take expenses out. I can look at the margins around this. So you had this whole uh, kind of th these metrics, right? You take like 100% of, of the credit there if it was all done by the data products. 50% it was done between kind of half and half between the data and the business. 20% if you know that you're part of that change. Um, so don't get obsessed with all the details around this stuff. Like we got to be very practical about it. And uh, we should have an account. Accounting should be part of the team. And in your, your case, you're actually, accounting is your background, right? So we need to, we need to, we need to understand profit, understand cash flow, understand the science of value, which is accounting. Uh, have a diverse leadership team. Uh, understand what are the value drivers, how understand how revenue, understand how to improve forecasting, uh, to understand where you should be spending some time. Survey the organization. I love this so much because I bring this up time and time again, right? I, I, my, my broken record, the data catalog is not just about cataloging data. It's cataloging data and knowledge. Understand how people are doing things in the organization. Let them to tell you what the problem is. And the status quo is to focus so much on what is possible. People said the four-minute mile was not possible until somebody did it. And then somebody, then everybody started to go do that. Um, so then what's next for you? And not just for you, but I think what needs to, what's next for the entire data world in general is like there is no natural partner in the market for a data transformation. The majority of the people believe that consultancies are conflicted, right? They want to advise you how to do a transformation, but they also want to go implement it for you. So they're not natural partners. Another issue is that data is not a profession. Like there, we're still such a young thing and that is a problem. So we have this big gap of a collaboration and I think you need to be able to have a, a way to bridge this gap and it needs to be in, in, in this nonprofit uh, way. Uh, and, and this is not to go standardize technical aspects. Uh, people are not looking at how to, it's called standardize the, the playbooks around how to do business data transformation. And this knowledge is really not being uh, shared and we need to be able to kind of make sure that's repeatable. How did we do? Anything we missed? I, I'm exhausted by listening to that. So if we got all through, through all of that, that was impressive. Well, that was all you. It was, uh, it's, good, it's good, been a good chat. It's been really, really good fun. We've had a lot of good things. Yeah. So let's just throw it back to you to wrap it up on advice. Uh, throw three questions. What's your advice about data, about life? Uh, who should we write next? And what resources do you follow? Uh, advice, diversity, diversity, diversity. It's, it's like, it's, so simple i think it's so easy to become absorbed in your profession particularly an area that's moving as fast as data that that's all you read about read about everything read about history read about other domains speak to people from other areas i learned so much from from reading about other areas and one of the things that fascinates me is reading about other transformations like the japanese uptake of technology after world war ii fascinating thing to learn about when you're looking at technology change today so so diversity there diversity in your teams the, the biggest lesson I learned at JLR was not just to recruit data people in the data team, recruit people from change backgrounds with no data experience because they're going to teach you so much more about change than someone from a data background. So diversity is, is the advice. I'm going to cheat on people to invite because I couldn't narrow down to one. Um, I think, you know, both of these people, Juan, but Bethany Lyons, uh, superb. Uh, my brain always explodes when I have a conversation with her around data. Um, she was already, she was already, she's already been on the podcast. Well, then I'm not cheating. I need to listen to her podcast, uh, in which case uh, I'm going to flatter my former boss uh, and say Harry Powell, um, a phenomenal data science mind uh, who also understands business very, very well. 
Um, and uh, he was he was the guy in charge when we had the million pound target. So he'd be a good person to bring him in. And he's thinking very, very deeply around the world of graphs at the moment. And in terms of what resources, I read a lot. I read, I love reading books. I still think there's so much value in books that you don't get from, from online articles. Um, but then that's uh, read Medium. LinkedIn, my biggest learning so far this year is LinkedIn is a two-way medium. So as I've started putting stuff out there, people have reached out to me and I've, I've created time each week for half an hour conversations. And I think that's priceless. So, so comment on LinkedIn, uh, reach out to people and find out time to just start chatting to people. Hundred percent with you on, on, on the the LinkedIn the two way medium right I've met so yeah. many amazing people with that um, and and with that actually next week it, one of the people who are, one of our guests next week is going to be Veronica Durgan who's a VP of Data at Saks who I've also met through LinkedIn and we've chatted through that and we'll that and we're actually going to be live from Boston because next week we're going to be in Boston um, for our honest no BS dinner over there so she's one of our guests so we're going to figure figure that one out how to do the whole life thing but. Um, Benny, thank you so much for this amazing, valuable conversation. I agree with Michael, who just said this was an incredible conversation. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for the opportunity. Cheers. Have a good thank afternoon, you, I guess. <laughs>